Dear friend, I'm Dr. David Jeremiah, and I'd like to take a moment to speak with you as the world faces the coronavirus pandemic. There is no question we are living in a time of unprecedented uncertainty. It is unlike anything I have experienced in my whole life. And the temptation in times like these is to allow fear and worry to creep into our thoughts and to rob us of our joy. But in these uncertain times, we need to remember that God is still in control. And my prayer for you is that you are healthy, you're in a safe place and surrounded by those you love. Please keep the ministry of Turning Point in your prayers as well. We will continue to bring the healing power of God's Word to you each day on radio, television, and online. And I really hope this will be a source of encouragement to you during the current coronavirus. So be safe, be in the Word, and be in prayer. Saving the best for last doesn't just apply to your favorite dessert. Sometimes God saves the best for last in the lives of His people. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his encouragement to serve the Lord for as long as He calls you, for blessings far sweeter than you can imagine. Here's David to introduce the conclusion of his message, Finish. You're not done until you're done. Well, thank you for joining us, and welcome to a brand new week, actually the last full week of October. It's interesting that we are now uh, ready to conclude the message we started on Friday called Finish. You're not done until you're done. If you haven't noticed, you should notice my uh, little extra uh, energy for this message because it really meant a lot to me to be able to study all of these things. It was kind of like, okay, let's see where we are. Let's see where I am. And uh, obviously, as I tell friends, I have a lot more of my ministry behind me than I have before me. So that's why we we should, all of us who are where I am and close to where I am before or after, we should be thinking about how do we, how do we end strong? How do we get home before dark? Uh, that's what this is all about. And it's really fun to think about this because it, there's just so many things for us to consider at this particular time in life. And uh, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But first, I want to keep telling you about this book. Uh, the book is called Forward and Finish is the ninth chapter in this book. And this book is the origination of this series of 10 lessons on discovering God's presence and purpose in your tomorrow, how to get unstuck, how to quit looking at the past as the only direction of your life and begin to look not through the rearview mirror, but through the windshield in front so that you know God has a plan for you and it's not over till it's over. So you need to get a copy of this book just for this chapter alone. And you can have a copy of the book forward by simply sending a gift of any size to Turning Point. And when you send your gift, ask for your copy of the book forward. If you'd rather go to a bookstore and find this book, you'll find it in all the bookstores, Barnes & Noble, it's in Walmart, it's in Hobby Lobby, it's a lot of places. Whatever you do, get the book and begin to absorb its information. It will change your life, I promise you. Now let's get started with the last part of Finish, You're Not Done Until You're Done. Romans eleven twenty nine says this, the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. That means you can't undo them. If God calls you, He is not going to uncall you. Os Guinness had something to say about this. He said, I think it's important to realize that we can retire from our jobs, but we can never retire from our calling. 
Calling gives us our sense of task or responsibility right up to the last day we spend on earth when we go to meet the caller. I think that gives life incredible value. And therefore, the prosperity of finishing well is that we continue to have a sense of responsibility and engagement that makes every day we live enormously important. So to finish well, consider maintaining a connection between what you did before you retired and what you do after you retire. Someone has said, your career is what you're paid to do. Your calling is what you're made to do. One of the most influential people in my life to illustrate this was Howard Hendricks. Howard Hendricks was one of my professors at Dallas Theological Seminary. And my wife Donna was his secretary while I was a student. Howard Hendricks was an incredible teacher and a master motivator. And when Bob Buford interviewed him for his book, Finishing Well, Dr. Hendricks said, the average person dies between two and seven years after retirement. And it's simply because they lose their purpose in life. For most of them, their purpose was wrapped up in their work. And once they're no longer working, they feel they have no meaning in their lives. They retire from something rather than to something. Hendricks went on to apply this principle to himself. He said, I've done a lot of things in my life, but only one thing gives me ultimate satisfaction, and that's teaching. If I stop teaching, I lose the reason for which I was put on this planet. And this is what I was born to do. So if the seminary decides it's time for me to move on, I'll just go teach in another venue. I will spend the rest of my life teaching. I have a good friend who loves to preach, but he hates administration. When I heard that he'd resigned from his church, I called to ask him about it, and he took my call, but instead of saying hello, he just said, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty I'm free at last. He meant that he was free now to do what he really loved, to preach without all the distractions that he had in his church ministry with administration and people problems. No, you may not have a career that's transferable into your post-retirement life. But if you're a follower of Christ, you have a calling. You have a gift God has given you, an ability for service. So just keep using it for the Lord. Use it in a different context, in a different uh, environment. But don't stop doing what God has called you to do. When Jesus had finished his work on earth and was about to be crucified, resurrected, and returned to heaven... He prayed this prayer about his life, John seventeen four. He said, God, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Read that verse carefully. Jesus didn't finish all the work there was to do. He finished the work that he was given to do. And that should be our prayer. Lord, help me to finish the work you have given me to do. If you do that... You're going to live a full and exciting life. So number one, stay focused till you're finished. Number two, stay resilient about retirement. Number three, stay connected to your calling. Here's number four. Stay vigilant after your victories. Finishing well, going all the way to the end, staying in God's will and in his plan and in his purpose and in his blessing all the way to the end, demands vigilance. We can't let our guard down, especially after new adventures or fresh victories. Let me illustrate it this way. 
Back in 2012, Donna and I visited Switzerland for the first time. We ended our tour in Zermatt, the beautiful village that lies at the base of the Matterhorn. The north face of this mountain, called Hornley Ridge, is an almost straight-up climb. And it was really hard for me when I stood there at the base of that to imagine anyone making it to the summit. But many climbers have navigated their way all the way to Hornley Ridge. At the foot of this Matterhorn, there's a cemetery called Mountaineers Cemetery. Someone told me I should go visit it, so I did. Most of the people that are buried in that cemetery are casualties of the Matterhorn. But here was my strange finding. Many, if not most, who died on this mountain died while they were descending the mountain instead of on their way up. Here's what was written on one of the gravestones. In memory of David Robinson of Wakefield and Bangor, North Wales, whose untimely death at the age of 24 years occurred while descending the Hornley Ridge, having climbed the north face of the Matterhorn on December 28, 1976. What a lesson that was for me. What it should be for all of us to think about. We are the most vulnerable to failure after we have achieved the greatest success. Back during World War II, England's Royal Air Force psychologists discovered that pilots made the most errors as they were flying their planes back in for a landing, coming back to their base after flying a successful mission. The cause was almost irresistible tendencies to relax. Like pilots and mountain climbers, we can become enamored of our achievements and fail to focus on finishing what we started. I think that's what got King David into trouble. He got into trouble with Bathsheba because he had achieved great success. He had won every battle against all of his enemies. The Bible says his world was at peace because of him. He had created great peace in Israel. And then after all those victories, he got careless. Listen carefully to the words that describe what he did. Second Samuel 11.1 1. And it happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, but David remained in Jerusalem. King David should have been leading his people, serving as the head of his army, but instead he stayed home. He felt he was at the point in life where he could relax some and let others bear the burden of war. He'd paid his price. He wasn't where he should have been, and he wasn't doing what he should have been doing. And he was celebrating his victories without vigilance, and the rest is history. His sin with Bathsheba and the murder of her husband Uriah is a stain on David's life. And while God forgave David and restored him, that one moment of carelessness, that one moment when he lacked vigilance, that one moment became part of David's biography. I don't know if you've ever read this verse before. I remember reading it and kind of being astonished by its wording. 1 Kings 15.5, here's what it says. David did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and had not turned aside from anything that he commanded him all the days of his life except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. Elijah had a similar experience. You remember him? He stood alone on Mount Carmel and called down fire from God on the prophets of Baal. He personally witnessed the terrible might and power of the Lord. But then... Just a few hours later, when Queen Jezebel threatened to have him killed, 
He's running for his life and he's begging God to kill him. First Kings 19 says he arose and ran for his life and he prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life. You see, what happens is when we get to the top and we experience the greatness of God, if we're not careful, we let down our guard, we relax, and we allow the enemy to move in in the most unlikely time. And I know that's happened over and over again to so many people I've talked to. I believe there's two verses in the Bible that we should all memorize and always keep before us. They tell us what to do in order not to fall, and they captured this vigilance after victory warning. Proverbs sixteen eighteen, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. 1 Corinthians ten twelve. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So here are these challenges as we prepare to go out for the second half of life. Stay focused till you're finished. Stay resilient about retirement. Stay connected to your calling. Stay vigilant after your victories. And finally, stay ready for redeployment. Always be looking forward to what the Lord has for you next. Yes, you may have to cycle out of what you do where you work. Maybe you have a mandatory retirement. I remember serving on the board of a college. I was in doing my best to make a difference. And one day I got an email from them saying, don't come to the next meeting. And I was shocked. Yes, that was true. Don't come to the next meeting. You see, they have a, an age limit of 75. You can't serve on that board after you're 75. So I had outlived my usefulness and I had to quit doing it. Now, I filled up that time with a hundred other things. But life does that. Sometimes you're in a situation where you have to stop doing what you're doing. But here's what I want you to hear. Make sure that you're ready for God to redeploy you in any way that he chooses. Always be looking forward to what the Lord has next for you. Folks, it doesn't take a deep dive into secular history or the Bible to discover that many great things are accomplished by people who are past the age of retirement. Pianist comedian Victor Borgia, the clown prince of Denmark, continued to delight huge audiences until his death at the age of 91. As I speak to you today, singer Tony Bennett is 93, and he leaves his heart not only in San Francisco, but in many other cities where he continues to go every year and sing. 90-year-old master cellist Pablo Casals was asked why he kept practicing eight hours a day at such an old time in his life. And he said, I think I'm improving. Right now, as I speak to you, I am 14 years past normal retirement age. You can do the math. The other day I began to think about some of the incredible things that God has allowed me to do since I didn't retire. Number one, I preached in one of the largest churches in the world. Calvary Temple in Hyderabad, India, holds five services every Sunday, starting at 5.30 in the morning. I preached in all five services to well over 100,000 people. And on the Monday after this amazing Sunday, I preached the ordination service for the son of the church's founder and pastor, Pastor Satish Kumar. I still can't believe I was privileged to do this. I will always be so thankful that I got to go and preach in that church. I released the Jeremiah Study Bible, which is now available in the New King James Version, the New International Version, and the English Standard Version. 
at the church that I pastor, Shadow Mountain, we built a $30 million generations building that has revolutionized the way we do church. I saw Turning Point Radio grow to 3,000 radio stations across the United States. I wrote and released 14 new books. I fulfilled a long-term dream and led a 1,000 people on a tour of Israel where I taught the Bible on the very sites where the events occurred. I visited the beautiful country of Switzerland two times. I had part in producing three Christmas specials in New York City that were seen during the Christmas season by millions of people. Now, I'm not just producing a resume here, and I'm not bragging. I don't say these things to say, look what I've done. No, I'm telling you these things because I am so grateful to God. God allowed me to do these things after the world says I should retire. Pearl Buck, the famous writer and the daughter of missionaries to China, said, I've reached an honorable position in life because I am old and no longer young. I am a far more useful person than I was 50 years ago or 40 years ago or 30 or 20 or even 10. She said, I have learned so much since I turned 70. So don't give up on yourself too early. Don't deprive yourself of the many blessings God wants to bestow upon you in your post-retirement years. Change what you do if you have to, but don't stop serving the Lord. Because I believe one of the greatest unused talent pools in our churches are people who have come to a certain age and they have this mentality that's been forced upon them by the culture that says when you get to a certain place, you have to quit. You have to stop. Go sit on a beach someplace. Go play golf, play cards, whatever. But then they lose their sense of importance, their sense of value, and they lose the joy of their life. God didn't give us just 50 years or 65 years. He gives us as many years as we're allowed on this earth. And we should try to make every one of them count for the kingdom. Here's a couple of verses to encourage you. They sure have kept me on board. They were given to us by our gracious Father to keep us faithful throughout our lives. Don't forget what we learned earlier. If you're not dead, you're not done. Psalm 92 says this, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Isaiah 46, verse 4, Even to your old age, I am he. And even to gray hairs, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear you. Even I will carry you and deliver you. And here's the special prayer that I have claimed for my life. Psalm 71, 18. Now also when I am old and gray, Oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. Yes, God uses us all the way through if we just make ourselves useful. As I bring this message to a close, I want to tell you about one of the men in our congregation is Shadow Mountain. More than anyone I know, he has captured the concept of finishing well. Tom Heyer taught math at Helix High School for 40 years. He had received Christ as Savior as a junior at San Diego State and immediately began to teach. He loved his job. 
I remember meeting him at his school many years ago. I had gone to Helix to meet with a coach who was trying to help my son get a scholarship in football. And he said to me, you have a teacher that works here from your church. And he introduced me to Tom Heyer. That was the first time I met him. Uh, he loved his students. I could tell that for sure. He wasn't just putting in his time. He helped start a Christian club on that campus that impacted many lives. He was a well-loved teacher, and he was really good at what he did. But in the summer of 2002, Tom Heyer was looking forward to beginning his 40th year of teaching. One morning during the summer, as he and his wife Pam took their regular prayer walk together, God spoke to Tom and turned his life upside down. Here is how Tom put it. He said, that morning God spoke directly to me. He told me it was time to set aside teaching because he had something else for me to do. Since teaching had been his whole life, Tom had no idea what God was up to, but he was about to find out. After counseling with one of our pastors, Tom accepted the challenge to start a weekly men's Bible study. That Bible study called itself Fellows, and it's been going now for 18 years. Because of his leadership in that Bible study, he was asked if he'd be willing to take over the prison ministry at our church, Shadow Mountain Community Church. At that time, we had about 12 people who were involved in ministering to the prisoners of San Diego County. Once again, Tom prayed and he accepted the challenge and what has happened since is truly remarkable. Today, as he closes in on the 17th year of his leadership in this ministry, God has opened doors for ministry to everyone impacted by incarceration. He ministers to inmates, parolees, ex-offenders, spouses, children, other family members, even correctional officers and prison staff. According to Tom, the P in prison doesn't stand for prison, but it stands for people. People who God loves with an everlasting, unconditional love. Each week now at Shadow Mountain, 40 different team members go into eight different prisons, holding roughly 30 meetings a month, with an average of over 600 inmates, men, women, and youth, in attendance. At Christmas, a huge party is hosted for the children of incarcerated parents. Hundreds of children, mostly with their mothers, attend this party on our church campus. On the Saturday before Christmas, our event center is filled with families that would be forgotten were it not for this incredible ministry. Several years ago, a young man in our church who'd been incarcerated was released, and he came to Tom Heyer, and he told Tom how Christmas was such a hard time for prisoners. It was the lowest time, the loneliest time, the time when they felt so rejected and forgotten. And he asked Tom if he thought there was anything we could do to make a difference in their lives during this season. And the result of that conversation was the great Christmas card mail-out. Last Christmas, hundreds of volunteers, some of them from our church, but many of them just from San Diego, under the direction of Tom Heyer's Shadow Mountain Prison Ministry, got together during the holiday season and sent out over 15,000 Christmas cards to prison inmates. When God spoke to Tom Heyer on that morning walk in 2002, he ignited a movement that will live on long after Tom and I are gone. Today, the Shadow Mountain Prison Ministry is one of the largest church-sponsored prison ministries in America. And it all started in the life of one man who was retiring, and Tom Heyer was ready to be redeployed. 
Are you ready for God to use you? You may think, well, I finally got to the end. Now I can. No, if you're Christian, God has a right to your life. And if you will give him the opportunity to use you, even in the days after you have finished your full vocational experience, you may discover that God will do the greatest things in your life at the end than all the things he's ever done in your life up until that point. How many of you know sometimes God saves the best to last? He wants to do that for you. He wants to do it for me. So let's commit ourselves to the fact that we're going to stay faithful until we're finished. Amen? Amen. Amen. And you know what, friends, when we talk about finishing, we're just talking about finishing here because uh, when we're done here, we're not finished. We have an incredible future ahead of us, and that's going to be our discussion tomorrow. Uh, We're going to talk about Celebrate. Turn your forward into forever. So we've talked about dreaming, praying, choosing, focusing, risking, pursuing, believing, investing, finishing, and celebrating. Those are the 10 chapters in this brand new book, Forward, now available from Turning Point and also in bookstores everywhere where fine books are sold. So make sure you ask for your copy when you send your gift to Turning Point during the month of October and let it speak to your life in this very important time as we are uh, we're tempted to get stuck in a rut if we're not careful and God wants us to go forward. It's so much more for us to do. Let's work hard together and encourage one another. And what do you know? One of these days we'll be celebrating together in heaven. Please join us tomorrow for the beginning of the last lesson in this series. Till then, this is David Jeremiah. Can't tell you how grateful I am for your support and encouragement in prayer. I'll see you next time right here on This Good Station. message today came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. How is Turning Point enriching your faith? Write and tell us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 70509, RPO, Oak Street, Vancouver, B.C., V6M 0A3. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, Forward, Discovering God's Presence and Purpose in Your Tomorrow. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard Version, the New International Version, and the New King James Version, all available in a variety of handsome cover options. Contact us today. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Forward, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Legacy. When I think about my life and the legacy I will leave behind one day, I remember the legacy of faith I saw in the lives of my parents, and it is now reflected in the lives of my children and grandchildren. Then I reflect upon the calling God placed on my heart to preach and teach, and I think of the people who have been touched around the world through the ministry of Turning Point. Each of us will leave a legacy. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? In addition to the legacy that will be entrusted to your family, perhaps you have considered leaving your imprint on something with eternal consequences. Many people don't think beyond this life. They live only for today with no hope beyond the grave. 
But for the believer, we not only have an eternal perspective on life today, we want to leave behind a testimony of our faith so that others may come to know Christ as well. Long after you and I finish our time on this earth, Turning Point will continue to bring the unchanging Word of God to an ever-changing world. There is still so much work to do. Will you join me in this very important effort? What will your legacy be?